Cornerstone Church of Dothan, Alabama is built on the unchanging Word of God. We believe the life-altering message of Jesus Christ is still the only power on earth of changing a human heart. Now, let's join today's message. Anyway, I want to talk with you tonight about something that's just been on my heart the last few days. And the title of my message tonight is A Valuable Life Lesson. A Valuable Life Lesson. You know, um, I know each of us, as we walk through life, as we, you know, as walk through this Christian life especially, we know that there are life lessons all along the way. If you'll keep your eyes, your ears open to the leading of the Holy Spirit as you're reading the Word of God, you see things in the Word, you realize that there are lessons that we can learn. One of my spiritual mentors said this, that, that you know that you still have a heart for God, for the things of God, when you have a desire to still learn. That you realize you're thankful for what you've learned, you're thankful for what's been revealed to you, but you also realize there's a whole lot more. And so you keep an attitude of, of a student. You, you want to learn. You want the Holy Spirit to teach you. As you read the Word, there's things you want to just come alive to you. When you read the Word, don't you want things just to come alive on the inside of you? Not just read them and go, yeah, that's good. Read that before. Yeah, John 3, 16. Yeah, yeah, here we go again. Remember what we said to you many times, when something's real to you, it never gets old to you, does it? When it's real, it never gets old. And so thank God we have the privilege, you know, in this journey with God to learn and to grow. And, and one of the things that the Lord helped me with a number of years ago, uh, I was praying, seeking God about some things, and he said this, I didn't hear a voice, it wasn't like, you know, he spoke audibly, but in my heart I heard him say this, he said, he said, Bobby, it's a whole lot easier if you'll keep yourself in shape physically and spiritually than it is to always get out, get in, get out, get in. Anybody ever gotten in shape before? Isn't it good to be in shape? I mean, you know, it's good to be in shape. And you feel good about yourself, you know, your clothes fit good, and you, you just feel good, you know. But you ever been out of shape before? And, and you don't feel so good, do you? You look at yourself, you go, oh, man, you just, just don't qualify. Well, you know, spiritually, you can, you can be in shape spiritually, can't you? You know, you can be in shape spiritually. Where you doesn't mean you've arrived, but you're growing, you're learning, your heart's open to the things of God, the Spirit of God showing you things. I mean, when you read your Bible, I mean, the Lord's, you know, I mean, it's just like, man, this is good. But you ever been in a time in your life where you've been out of shape spiritually? I know I have. You say, Pastor, you're admitting that? I'm absolutely admitting that. I've been out of shape before spiritually in my life, maybe gotten content, you know, uh, as far as kind of getting lackadaisical about some things and, you know, kind of maybe not having the esteem and value for the things of God like I, like I should. But aren't you glad God's not mad at anybody? He's not waiting for us to mess up and hit us over the head with a great big stick. Well, I'm so glad he's not that way, aren't you? He just says, no, let's, let's stay in shape. But one of the things he said to me as well, he said, that the Christian life is not just about a few events. It's about a lifelong journey. Now, thank God for events. Have you ever had something in your life that you can remember that you know was absolutely God? I do. I've had some things in my life. My call to the ministry, it was absolutely, it was a God moment for me. I remember that. I remember when I heard him say, to me it was real. I heard him say, I've called you to preach my word. That's, that was as real to me as anything. I can remember times just, just at different meetings. I'm, I'm thinking about a time right now 
when Steph and I were, we were watching a television program. This has been back in 1989. We were watching a television program, and we were wrestling with some things concerning the call of God and what God wanted us to do with our lives. And there was a person ministering, and I'm telling you what, the presence of God filled our, our room, our great room there in Madison, Alabama. And we got down, whew, we got down on our knees and said, So we submit ourselves to God, to God, the perfect will and plan of God. That's what we want. And it wasn't long after that that we made a journey to Tulsa, and here we are. A few things went between, a few things happened in between there, but, you know, here we are today. And there's been events. There's been things that happened in your life. But, you know, it, it, it's, it, th those are wonderful and good, but you also realize that life is about things that you learn a little bit here, a little bit there, right? I mean, there's events that, you, that you're thankful for. You wouldn't give anything in the world for them. They, they're, they're kind of serve as some, some standards in your life where you go. I, I go back to that. I remember that. Anybody remember when you were filled with the Holy Spirit? To me, that was a monumental day in my life. I remember that. I remember sitting at a little small kitchen table in Overland Park, Kansas, listening to a CD on the teaching of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was so hungry. I was so hungry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, I want. I said, I want all that you have. So I'm sitting down there and listening to a tape by this guy teach, and he teaches a simple message on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says, now, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, stand up. Of course, he's teaching in a service, you know, and so I stood up right there at a little kitchen table, just stood up right there. He said, now, pray this prayer, pray to prayer, you know. Thank you, Lord, that the gift of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. I received that gift. And I started speaking in tongues right there. I remember that day. And I can go through, I mean, I'm sure you as well, you can go back and you can look at events that have marked your life, can't you? Absolutely. And you wouldn't give anything for those, but th those kind of things don't happen necessarily every single day, but they happen in life, don't they? But one of the things that we know of concerning the things of God is with God, it's a, it's a little bit here, it's a little bit there, isn't it? It's building that wall brick by brick. And the Lord showed me many years ago, he showed me, he said, the Christian life is a lot, of, a lot like building a brick wall. You know, you, 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 when you, to get to the top layer, to lay that top layer of brick, you've got to lay rows one, two, three, four, and five. You can't just lay the top row and go, hey, I'm finished. What do you have to do? You have to lay Brick by brick, they have to be straight, they have to be plumb. There's things that good bricklayers do to make sure that as they're laying the brick, it's done right, it's done properly. But it's a process, isn't it? It's a process. And, and what I want to talk about tonight is, is, this, is this process of, of growing in the things of God, this process of realizing that where we are right now in our walk with God, wherever you may be, I don't know where you are in your walk with God, only you know. Only you know where you really are in your walk with God. You know, a lot of people can put on a good show and can, can, it can all seem real good, you know, but, you know, you know, right? And that somebody else knows as well, and that's God knows, right? Scripture says he knows the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. So he knows us better than we know ourselves. And he doesn't condemn. He's not judging us. He's not, you know, looking for things to get mad at us about. But it's just good, I think, 
to know where you are in your walk with God. And if there's some things you need to get, make some adjustments on, you make those adjustments. But it's still a process. It's a, it's a lifelong process. And I think what happens sometimes is in the middle of the process that people get discouraged. They quit. They give up. They don't see things maybe happening as quickly as they would like as they're, as they're making this journey with God. They, they, they kind of get like, is this all there is? And, you know, sometimes there's, there's, there's exciting times, like Sunday morning. There's other times that, you know, that maybe not so exciting, if you will, but just as important. Would you agree with that? So we, I, we take them all, right? We just take them all. We take the exciting time. We take the times where it doesn't maybe seem like it's quite as exciting, but we realize in those times that God's building something on the inside of us, amen, preparing things that he knows that are in front of us and that we, so we can be strong and we can face things that we need to with a spirit of faith, amen. That's why it's so important to come to church because I fully believe and, of course, you can get nuggets of truth as well, too, at home and things that God can do for you at home. But there's something about coming to church and the impartations of the Holy Spirit that take place in a church setting that's so very important. So very important. I, I believe that. You say, well, you ought to believe it. You're a pastor. You know, isn't that kind of self-serving? Well, you may look at it like that, but uh, I was a church member before I was a pastor. And I realize I can remember, you know, sitting in, listening to my pastor teach and minister the word and realize that, man, I'm, God's helping me here. Don't you just know sometimes when you're hearing the word that God's helping you? You're learning. You're going, Lord, thank you. I wondered about that. I haven't seen that like that. And thank you for speaking through our pastor or, you know, a song that's being led or, or you're listening to a CD or whatever it might be. Lord, thank you that you're helping me. But what we have to realize is it is a journey. And not to get, you know, bent out of shape, if you will, when everything on this journey is not going exactly like you want it to. Anybody a little impatient at times, like a few of us are? A few of us are a little impatient. I know that I am impatient at, at times. I'm learning, and I, the Lord's helping me. But we realize that in life, things just don't always happen overnight, do they? It's a journey. It's a process. And when you'll stay with the process Stay patient and diligent in what God has said in his word and what you're impressed to do. You will see the blessings of God just manifest themselves in your life in a way that you thought that it couldn't happen to anybody else. I'm telling you what, folks. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I'm, I'm excited about the exceeding abundantly above blessings of God. Amen? And not just happening in my life, not just for my family, but for this church. You know, for you, for your family, but not just for your family and this church, I'm excited about the blessings of God in people's lives all over. How about you? See the hand of God and the blessings of God and, and people just, you know, pursuing holiness and they're getting excited about, you know, man, this is wonderful to live completely committed to the authority of Jesus Christ, that he's the ruler of my life. It's not me. He's the ruler of my life. He's the one that made, has the final call. But we have to stay with it, don't we? We have to learn, you know, as we're going this, this journey that, that we're content, we're, 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 we're satisfied, we're, we're, you know, we're, 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 we're at peace, but we're not going to settle down either. Amen. We're not going to just say, okay, I've arrived and that's it. No, we're going to keep moving forward. Now, in Philippians chapter 4, Paul is writing this letter from a Roman prison. Keep that in mind. A Roman prison, Paul is writing this letter, and he says this in Philippians 4, and if you remember the first part of that 
chapter talks about rejoicing and, and being glad. And, and if you don't be anxious for anything but in prayer and supplication, you know, make your request known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all human comprehension. Guard your hearts, guard your minds through Christ Jesus. And then it says whatever things are good and lovely and right, any virtue, any praise, think, meditate on these things and the God of peace will be with you. And then Paul says this, in the 10th verse of Philippians chapter 4. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. And we're going to come back and look at that here in just a moment. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13, I can do. I can do. How many things? Some things, most things. No, the scripture says I can do. What? All things through Christ who gives me the strength. I mean, that's just a good place right there for us just thank God. That through Christ we can do all things. Amen. I mean, not one single thing the Bible says that we can't do. But now we're going to look at this in context of what was said. You know, many times we pull Scripture, you know, and a lot of times there's nothing wrong with it necessarily because it's still other Scriptures that support, you know, if you pull it out of its context. But in the context of what Paul is saying here, he's saying this. Listen, no matter what's going on, it can be good, it can be bad, I'm abounding, I'm, 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 I'm suffering some things that, you know, I'm not really enjoying, but here these things are in my life. But he said, all these things I've learned to be content. Now, there's a, there's a, in this word in the Greek, let me just give you this. In the Greek, this word, literally, now if you look at it literally, this word means uh, independent of others. It means uh, to have sufficiency in one's self. Now, that was the literal Greek meaning of that word, content. But now, when, when Paul uses the word here, as far as I've learned to be content, it doesn't mean that. What it means is this, that it means this. It means I've learned to depend on him. I've learned to look to him. We could say it like this, my sufficiency, my strength, who I am is found in him, not in myself, not in because I can, because I can do something, but because of what he has done through me. I can do it, not by my strength. So it means, it means sufficiency that comes from God. It means something that I get settled on. But listen to this. This is a great another definition that this word means. It means something that is totally uh, independent of external circumstances. Now you think about it. Isn't it a good thing? That, wouldn't it be wonderful just to know that no matter what circumstances, it's good, it's bad. Now I'll be honest with you. When things are good, it's a whole lot easier, isn't it? It really is on the flesh to be thankful. You know, we don't usually have a problem being thankful and, and having a smile on our face and, and being happy and rejoicing when things are going well. It's easy to do it pretty much then, isn't it? The challenge comes in when? When it's tough. When, when, the, when the going is tough. I mean, when there's nobody there to kind of pack, pack you on the backside and, you know, and you're, you're struggling maybe with some things and not sure how everything's going to work out, you know, you're, you're, you're just, I mean, challenges are coming. They're coming, and maybe you, like myself, 
and I'm sure all of us at some point have, we felt like there's machine gun bullets coming at us from all different directions. But Paul said, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the external circumstances are, Paul said this, I have learned to find my sufficiency in him. So in this journey that we're taking, we need to make sure that we are finding our sufficiency in him. How many days, just from Sunday to Sunday? Heavens no, every day, every single day we find our sufficiency, our strength comes from our relationship with him. Can you say amen tonight? And thank God that we don't have to do this on our own. We don't have to try to work up enough strength every single day and go, well, I sure hope I can make it today. It's not dependent on whether I can make it today. Paul said this, I am who I am by the grace of God. Aren't you thankful tonight, guys, for the grace of God, the strength and the grace that comes from God that enables us to do things we could never do on our own. So thank God for his grace that equips us. But Paul said this, he said, I've learned. He said, I've learned therewith to be content. That word there means uh, in the Greek, this, uh, it says it's emphatic. I leave, it, I leave it to others if they will to be discontent. He said, but as for me, he said, my part, I'm learning to be content. You know, sometimes there's a process. Have you ever figured out this, this is the thing with God? If you don't know this, it's a good thing to learn. God will teach you line upon line, precept upon precept. You don't jump the ladder with God. You just got to kind of keep going back, and until we get some things really anchored and really set, you know, you don't, you don't pass the first grade just because you're 55 years old. And you've been in the first grade for 55 years. There's some things you have to learn, isn't it? And a lot of the learning, listen, this is going to sound a little crazy to some of you. A lot of the learning is not up to God. It's up to us. What am I willing to learn? Paul said, I learned to be content. I've learned that whatever situation I find myself, irregardless of circumstances, I've learned that my sufficiency is of him. Now, I'm going to tell you what, I'll be perfectly honest with you. There's been times where I have passed that test and, you know, if I can say so myself, did pretty good. Really. But you know what? There's also been times where I have failed the test. But aren't you glad? I've said this last couple of times. Aren't you glad God doesn't go, oh, bad you? No, he says, no, let's, let's try it again. You know, when your, child, when your child's learning to walk and they fall down, you know, you don't, you don't just keep them down. You don't hold them down when they're learning to walk. What do you do? Say, come on, let's try again. Pick them back up and let's keep walking. And so we find that there's things that we have to learn. And I want to learn the ways of God better. How about you? I want to learn things that, that, that the Scripture teaches concerning prosperity and healing and how to be a good dad, how to be a good wife, how to recognize godly relations. Do you think godly relationships are important in life? Absolutely. So we want to learn these things. And the thing is that the Lord's a wonderful teacher. The Holy Spirit's called the teacher. He's called the revealer of truth. But there are some things that we have to want to learn, isn't there? I want to learn. And sometimes when you, as you're learning in this, in this walk of life, as you're, as you're moving forward, you know, there's some things that you really must learn to, if you want to go forward. Now, I remember, this has been back a number of years ago now, but, uh, and some of you will remember this too. I remember when texting first got real popular. And I just absolutely 
refused. I'm not going to text. I am, I'm going to call. And some of you still don't text. Anyway, that's not, you're not a bad person if you don't. Please believe me. You're not going to hell. You're not bad. You know, it's okay if you don't. No problem. It's just your choice. But as far as I, I said, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to learn now. I don't need to learn. All. I can just call if I have to. Well, now, it's just, you know, it's just kind of sexy. And these, these young people, I mean, they've just, they've grown up doing that. It's what they know. I refuse. I remember emails. No, they won't email either. I'll just call you. If I have to get something, I'll call you. I don't want to type something. I'd just rather just call you. Well, now, how, how, how do we do things? A lot by email, a lot by texting. Now, let me just say this. We'll put a little plug in right here. None of that should ever, ever do away with sometimes talking with people because emails and texts do not always express what somebody's trying to say. Have you ever misread a text? Have you ever read anything into, I know I have, into emails and maybe something was there, maybe it wasn't, and I had the same thing. Well, Pastor, I got this email from you, and I'm not quite sure about that. Well, you know, you, there's this impossible to, you know, convey, you know, things just when you, when, you, when you write it out or when you, you know, when you text it or send an email. So there's a lot of times where you have to, I believe you have to communicate face-to-face. It's, it's absolutely necessary. But anyway, but I remember, I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot. I'm just going to, I guess, you know, I'm going to succumb to it, and, you know. And uh, I started texting, and, you know, here I am today. Started emailing back many, many years ago. Now email. But it's helped me. You know, it's helped, it's helped in a lot of ways in my life. And so I was willing to learn. And the thing is we take this journey, we have to realize, listen, there's some things I need to learn. And Paul said, I've learned not to let situations and circumstances. And sometimes you have to learn that, don't you? You have to learn not to let things get under your skin. Learn that. And sometimes, and all of us, I don't care who you are, every person in here, and I'm not making a negative confession over you, every person here has strengths and you have weaknesses. We have insecurities that we deal with, you know? And the thing that I'm asking God to show me, mine, I've had some things revealed to me that I, you know, it hurts sometimes. You know, you, and I say hurt, it's like, oh, ooh, that, really? But then if you, if you back up, and the Holy Spirit teaches you, and you're, you, you find help and, you know, from, from others. Aren't you thankful that with the right attitude that people can help, other people can help you? If you let them? Yeah. Yeah, no, God's the only one going to teach me. Sometimes God's using that person to teach you. That's why it's so important to go, Lord, I'd be able to, to discern. That's a part of this journey, being able to discern the voice of God, being able to know when God wants you to get some things. So Paul said, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. And now that word content there doesn't mean just be satisfied. It doesn't mean just sit back and go, you know, I guess this is the way life's going to be. This is what, what contentment is not. It's not just settling. On this journey, Paul said, listen, I'm not just settling here. Because we've realized, you read other places where Paul said, listen, I'm forgetting. Remember that? I'm forgetting what's, what's behind me. I'm doing what I'm pressing. Come on, y'all help me out. I'm pressing what? Toward the mark for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, I, so Paul wasn't saying, I'm just going to sit down here and, you know, just 
Just see what happens. Contentment is not thinking everything that happens in life is God. Some people think everything that happens in life is God. And I, I agree with the statement that I've heard people that I respect in ministry say that this, 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 this total, this teaching about the, the sovereignty of God, which we believe in the rule of God, but this idea about God, everything that happens on earth is the will of God is not so. It's not. We're saying we need to discern from the word what's the will of God and what's not the will of God. But we realize this, that it's not, it's not just believing in everything that happens is the will of God. Listen to this. Contentment is not believing that things will ever change, that things can or will ever change. You know, I, I've talked with people. I've been doing this now. I'm in my 25th year of ministry, 25 years, and I've learned a few things. And one of the things that I've learned in these 25 years of ministry is that unfortunately there are still people that believe. You know, and they're again to not condemning or judging, but just putting it out there. There are people that really believe that where I am right now, it's just not going to get any better than this. It's just, this is it. This is, I'm going to have to just kind of settle in. And remember what Paul said, I'm learning to be content. Just settle. Well, folks, I just want you to know something. Contentment is not just settling in and believing that things will never change. Because, come on now, y'all help me out. Faith believes that change, things can change. Anything you can see, listen, anything you or I can see is subject to change. Is that right? Anybody believe that tonight? If you don't, then you say, well, I, help me, help me. I want to help you. If you can see it, it can change. And I know there are things that, that people are going through in this church that are very challenging right now. I know, just, just know some things. Some things people don't even know some, because of just, you know, our privilege to have the opportunity to pastor people. And we realize people are going through some things in life. But I just want to encourage you. Maybe you came for just this tonight. But if you can see it, it can change. Faith, your faith and confidence in the power of God can cause things to turn out. Your faith, your, our connection with our faith to the word and power of God can cause things to change. And it may not be tonight, may not be tomorrow, may not even be next week or next month. But believe me when I say this to you because it's in the word of God. If we won't cast away our confidence, it has a great recompense of reward. Amen? We'll stay with it and we can see it change. So contentment. It's not just settling. It's not just being satisfied. Not just being satisfied. It's kind of going, well, you know, this, this, this is pretty good right here, you know. I've heard people say at times, and I heard this minister share this story. He said many years ago, he said a man came to him and said, you know, I am just really, I am really blessed right now. I am just really happy. I'm just, I'm satisfied with the blessings of God. And, you know, I'm just, I'm going to just camp right here. And the pastor, probably a whole lot bolder than I might could be, looked at me and said, you're selfish. What do you mean I'm selfish? He said, well, if you've got all you need, that's good. But continue to believe God for increase. Give, give what you don't away. Bless somebody else. Help them. But don't just get satisfied. The Bible says this in Psalm, we might read it here in a moment if we get to it. The scripture says this, that God wants us to increase. How much? Less and less? No. God wants us to increase. Come on, help me out now. More and more. That's what the Bible says. And so contentment is just learning that God is our sufficiency. He's our strength. So in this journey, as we're making this journey, thank God for the events. Thank God for those special moments. But also thank God for the things you learn along the way. Sometimes the things that may be a little difficult that you do learn. 
You have to learn them sometimes in the, in the heat of battle. Sometimes as husbands and wives, we learn things as we're talking. I'm going to speak to husbands and wives here for just a moment. Sometimes we have to, as husbands and wives, we must keep an open attitude. We're learning what God's best is for our family, for our marriage, and where we are. I'm, a, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm, I'm in my marriage, my family. I mean, I'm a, I'm a blessed man. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm no, not ignorant to the fact that if I just settle, settle down and go, yeah, well, you know, I've got it made. Look at me. What happens? You start going backwards, don't you? you start, I, I want to learn. I, I want to have things revealed to me that I need to know that if it's not right, am I looking at something from the right perspective? I want to know what God's Word says. Are y'all with me on this? I want to know what God's Word says. And the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to help you make this adjustment. Because life is about adjustments. In this journey, it's about adjustments. It's about looking at things through what God's Word says concerning us. Now, let, let me read this to you. Um, this is from Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses 10 through 13. Uh, this, is the, um, this is from the Amplified, not the classic Amplified, but I guess you'd re- refer to it as a revised Amplified version. But, um, you know, did you, did you wear some clothes you can get excited in tonight? You're kind of a little bit, you know, where you can, maybe if you wanted to raise your hands a little bit, you could. If this scripture, if these scriptures don't do something for you, your, your wick's wet. I don't know something's wrong. I'm serious. This will bless you. Paul said this, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that now, at last, you have renewed your concern for me. In other words, this, if we go back, these people had a desire to help Paul, to, to bless Paul financially. They wanted to do it, but they couldn't. But finally, it came an opportunity. If you read back in Ephesians 2, there was an offering sent. I'm not, not Ephesians, Philippians 2, and they were blessed. And so he was thanking them for their, for their offering, what, he had done for, what they had done for him. Uh, indeed, you were concerned about me before, but you had no opportunity to show it. No, you have a chance. And it says this, not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content, listen, and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy regardless of my circumstances. <laughs> Come on. Somebody just smile for me. Just go, yeah. How about that? Let's read it again. Not that I speak from it. No, go, go back, go back, go back, please. Not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content. I've learned to be content but, and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or uneasy regardless of my circumstances. Now, where's Paul? Help me out, guys. Where's Paul? In a prison. Well, you just don't know my situation. I've said the same thing. Well, you just don't know my situation. You just don't know. Oh, yeah, he does know. Listen to this. Keep, if you would go next verse. I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life. This is a life lesson. Whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. 
Why are you strengthened? Why are we empowered? To do what? To fulfill his purpose. Listen to this. I am self-sufficient in Christ. Sufficiency. I am ready for anything <laughs> and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Is that good or what? I mean, I'm telling you, that is just, that, that'll, that'll make a Methodist shout right there. Thank God. Listen, one more time, that last verse. I can do all things. Now remember, this is, this is the context, the challenge he was facing. The challenge is, it's good, it's bad. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. He said this, I can do all things which he's called me to do. Do you believe tonight that you have a calling on your life to do something? Hope you do, because you do. I've called, he said, I have... I can do all things which he's called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I love this. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength. I love this one too. And confident peace. Confident peace. You know, the, all the blessings of God are wonderful, aren't they? I mean, I almost hate to start going, yeah, this, was, this one's great, this was better, and, you know, and this was the most. And, but you know what? You know, peace has got to be up at the very top, doesn't it? I love it. A confident peace. That peace that's guarding your heart and what? Guarding your mind through Christ Jesus. I mean, there's just something about you just know, you know, God's got me covered. He's got me. He's in front of me. He's behind me. And he's all around me. Come on now, he's, he's there with me all the way. I, I've learned, you know, that in this state, he said, Paul said uh, in Hebrews, he said, he said, he's with me all the time. He, he's with me always, he said. We've learned, we're learning that. You said, now, did Paul ever practice this? Was he ever challenged to practice this? Well, without going into a lot of detail, in Acts chapter 16, remember the story? He's in, he's in Philippi preaching the gospel. Young lady has a, a, a demon that's earning her master's money and Paul cast the demon out and they put him in prison. Put him in prison. Put him in prison. Doing the will of God puts him in prison. But the scripture says, I love this. Scripture says this in Acts chapter 16. For sake of time, we'll just read verse 25. He said this. Um, but at midnight, well, they put them, they fat, put them in inner prison, fastened their feet in stocks, verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. And the, the King James says, singing, singing praises. Uh, the New King James says, singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Folks, I'm telling you right now, people are listening to us when we're going through stuff. That doesn't mean you have to stop at work and raise your hands and start praying and speaking in tongues. And, you know, that, that, that doesn't mean that. But I'm going to tell you what, it's so easy at times from a fleshly standpoint to kind of jump on the bandwagon if it's going in the wrong direction away from God. I'm going to tell you what, it takes, it takes faith, it takes courage to go, you know what, I'm, I'm believing something different than that. This is what the Word says. This is what God wants to do. So it says this, the prisoners were listening to them, and then suddenly there was a great earthquake. When, when, when did that earthquake come? Anybody ready for some suddenlies to take place? Suddenly the earth, there was a great earthquake, so the foundation of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. Here he is in prison. What he's doing, he's, he's praising, sing, uh, praying and singing hymns of praise to God. Now, many people believe, we're going to look through some of these 
I think we've got, yeah, we can go through these pretty quick. Many people believe that, that and not, it's, you, can't, you can't prove it for, for sure, but Bible scholars believe that Paul and Silas very well could have been singing some of the Psalms from Psalm 113 to Psalm 118. These were Psalms that they would sing during festivals or, or feasts. They would sing these Psalms. Psalm 136 can be included in that, in that group. They would, they, would, they would sing these Psalms. You know, the Psalms are Israel's songbook. A lot of them were put to music. We kind of recite them, but so many of them were put to music. Now, I want you, matter of fact, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. If you, would, if you can, please stand up. We're going to read some of these. Matter of fact, we're going to read every one of them together. Okay, can we do that? Psalm, let's read this. Psalm 113, and I've just picked a few verses, and we could read all of them, I'd encourage you if you have a chance, maybe tonight or tomorrow or the next day or two, read Psalm 113 through Psalm 118 and then Psalm 136. But listen to what it says here in Psalm 113, verse 1. Ready? Let's read. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the going down the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. That's good to know, isn't it? How about this, Psalm 115? I believe we skipped Psalm 114. Psalm 115, is that right? Verses 9 through 14. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. Does that just mean little small children? I think that believes your children, no matter how old they are. Listen to this. Psalm 116, verse 5. Ready? Let's read. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low, and he saved me. Oh, Glory. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. <laughs> I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Psalm 117, verse 1. Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles. Laud him, all ye peoples. For, he, for his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Psalm 118, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, his mercy endures forever. 
I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. Oh, glory to God. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me. <laughs> and finally, one, 130, Psalm 136, verse 23. Who remembered us in our lowly state? For his mercy endures forever. And rescued us from our enemies. For his mercy endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh. For his mercy endures forever. His loving kindness. and Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven. For his mercy endures forever. Ever and ever and ever. Anybody thankful tonight? We believe you are blessed by this message today, and we encourage you to stay in God's Word. Cornerstone's mission is to be actively involved in the Great Commission by raising up and equipping a body of believers who are empowered with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God for the purpose of impacting those people around them with the love and goodness of God. For more information about Cornerstone Church and other resources that are available to assist you in your spiritual growth, contact our office at 334-983-1848 or visit us online at ccdothan.org.